Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Courtney Robertson and I was the most notorious villain in Bachelor history. A lot has changed since then. I got married and I'm a mom to two amazing kids. Every week I'm going to be talking to other reality stars about what happens when the cameras stop rolling and you have to figure out what to do after reality. Hola, welcome back to the show. It's your host Courtney Robertson here. Got a great episode for you today. It's a bit long so I'm going to keep my intro on the shorter side. Sad news about Jimmy Buffett passing away. My mom was a massive parrot head. She went to all of his concerts. I grew up listening to Jimmy Buffett. I know every single song. Sending love to all the parrot heads out there. Rest in paradise, Jimmy. <sighs> Got a great guest for you today. He's a comedian and he does a daily podcast. We cover all of that, the ins and outs. Um, he covers The Bachelor extensively. Some really good tea in here for you. I hope you enjoy this interview with Dave Neal. Hello, welcome back to After Reality. I am so excited for this guest today. He's a stand-up comedian and host of Bachelor Rush Hour, a daily pop culture podcast. Daily, that's right. Someone who is filing, firing on all cylinders, easy for me to say. And it's the one and only Dave Neal. I like that firing on all cylinders. <laughs> you are seriously. I am so impressed by your work ethic. You do a daily podcast. How many cups of coffee do you drink a day? Or are you Too just natu- are you just naturally this energetic? No, I'm a I'm a couple cups of coffee, and then once I get out of the house, like early afternoon, I'll go get my shaken espresso from Starbucks and what, whatever crack they put in that. I'm so addicted. Yeah. Oh, you're a Starbucksier, huh? Yeah, there's one near me. I just have to get out of the house. I work I work from home. I get up and get my wife out the door and the dog's here. And it's just me and the dog all morning making content. And usually that's when news breaks. So we're usually right on top of it. The goal is never to be the best, just the first. <laughs> and yeah. uh, I try to have something available every day. So people don't wonder if there's going to be any stories. We'll make them. Wow. Well, I love that too. Because like this whole thing, which we'll talk about later, this, uh, you know, the death, the hoax thing and i you know reality steve reported on it and then i was like i'm gonna go to dave's and then you had already 
updated the live update. Like he's alive. Yeah. So, I mean, so quick, I always look at it this way. I used to make one video a week. I'd make one recap a week and I'd see that video made $7 or $9 and I'd be like, oh, that's how exciting. And then once, <laughs> once other videos started to take off, I was like, well, I could just make more videos. Like I could just keep making more content. And I realized that there's a sweet spot of around three to four videos a day when I make them at 10 to 15 minutes long, that's my kind of jam. That's I make those for probably 90% of the audience that shows up every day. And then when a big story hits, we get all these new people. And I try to, it's like, a, it's like when it rains for the first time, I try to put out the rain baskets and collect as many new subscribers when there's a breaking story. That's when I try to like be on my game and be good and, and, and not mess up the intro, but, uh, it's like me on my intro. <laughs> no, but it perfections, the enemy are good. You just got to show up and keep doing it. Nobody wants perfect. I actually, I'll actually be turned off by a podcast. If I see that it's, uh, overly edited and, you know, it loses that, um, that, uh, thing that makes it unique, like a normal conversation when it's too produced. Oh, I completely agree. And I'm, you know, I have to say thank you so much for being so welcoming to me in the, you know, I'm obviously new to the podcast world and we met at Reality Steve's fan appreciation party. I loved meeting Tasha. She's got such high likability. I was shocked to hear when you said she was an introvert on Caitlin Bristow's podcast because I didn't get that at all from her. She she just seems like ride or die. I think she didn't realize it till a few years into our relationship that, you know, an introvert doesn't necessarily mean shy. She just requires her own personal time to re recharge and an extrovert or an uh, omnivert, which I think is a combination of the two can like recharge in different ways. I can go out with a bunch of people. I love car rides by myself. I love to recharge that way. So it's really just about restoring our energy. So she definitely can go out and, and, and socialize and all these things, but then enjoys a lot of quiet time as well. And you're good with that. I'm the same way. Honestly, I can, I can moonlight as an extrovert, but I really like, then I'll need like a day in bed watching my shows. Um, but no, she was just a, a, just a gem. And then I loved seeing you guys in Newport beach. So, and thank you again. Like last week was the first time I read reviews and I shot you a message and I was like, Oh, I'm just, I was so blue. Like I yeah. never read reviews. Did you do that in the beginning of the well, podcast world? You sent me a really nice message that helped. Yes. A review just means people care whether it's good or bad. And <laughs> I've noticed almost all of my negative reviews are political based, which, which just speaks a lot to society. But I had one recently that was like five star. I love this guy. He's amazing. And then edit. He's a bully. I hate him. And it's just, there really isn't much in between with people. Um, they, they, they expect you're like part of their family. You're in their ear, you're in their soul sometimes. And, um, people want you to, Oh, and, and what I always uh, push with my channel is like, let's go back to being okay. Disagreeing about certain things. Let's, let's go back to having honest conversations and reward that. And some people don't like that, but you know, you try your best. And I think that's what podcasting is, is all about. Like, not just finding something you agree on, but just being honest. And I think it's refreshing for people. Oh, absolutely. For sure. And I'm just not going to read the reviews very often, but like you said, it's like constructive criticism and some of it was helpful. You know, I know I say I'm a lot and 
Like, right. Yeah. Some's helpful. I, uh, I interviewed Brian Abasolo on my driving show and I uh, got a lot of, I, well, I had one person in particular said, Dave, you interrupted him a lot, but I could tell it was probably that you were excited. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I was kind of excited. I need to remember to sort of rein it in a little bit. So there's those types of reviews, but then there's also the ones that people are just uh, assholes. I mean, that's just part of it too. And, and it's easy to throw those ones out when people are just um, projecting their own bull, you know, their own bullshit on you. Oh, for sure. And I get excited too. If I'm like so excited that I'm like, they call it in interviews, like in the bachelor ITMs, like they're like, Oh, sorry, I stepped on you. You know, like you start to talk and that's natural. That happens in conversation, but you get so excited and you just want to pull it out of them and working actively working on that. But thank you for the encouragement. I appreciate it. You know, not everybody has been as welcoming and there's enough space for everybody. There is content. It's in it's a limitless buffet. You can bring your own dish to it. People can eat it or not. I do have to tell you, when we met you, I was totally a starstruck. I was like, this I is was starstruck. Uh, we were both in this, you know, Vegas uh, hotel room when when actually you first reached out to me. I don't remember when it was, but, uh, you know, whenever you get a, a DM or a comment from someone who's verified, you're like, "Ooh, who's this? Oh my gosh, <laughs> they know me. It's just a real uh, it's an honor. That is so funny. I was starstruck. I saw you walk in and I was like to my husband, I had already told him like, they're going to be there. And I was like, Dave's here. I got it. I like beeline for you. I was like, I got to go talk to him. I think I like interrupted your conversation. So. Well, it's funny because it wasn't my event. So I didn't expect people to know me, but sometimes when someone looks at you, you have to, and you probably know this, if someone like stares at you at a coffee shop, it's like, Hey, do you know me from the bachelor? You know, because Chances are they do. And maybe sometimes I'll get a DM from someone the next day saying, oh, I saw you, but I didn't want to say hi. So I'm always, yes. I'm always the type who's like, let's take a photo. Let's whatever. Same. I try to like neutralize people. <laughs> uh, well, it, isn't that funny that you mentioned that? Because I, people always, when they would come up to me after the show, they would be nervous. And then I would like turn it on. I would be like overcompensating, trying to make them feel comfortable. But then you end up kind of carrying the conversation. Like, well, what's your name? Like, you know, you want them to like you, of course. So it's like, oh, do you want to take a picture? Oh, is it a good one? <laughs> it's such a different dynamic that wouldn't have existed in a previous world. And you just, yeah, like you said, you're just trying to make people feel comfortable. And then over time you get to realize, okay, maybe this person's nervous or whatever. I'll just, I'll ask them questions about their life. And next thing you know, you can crack people. And I just had my show in Seattle where I had everyone who came to see me. And that's very weird. I'm like sitting oh, alone cool. at the bar before my set and people are looking at me and I'm like, I, it's just different. You have to kind of get used to it a little bit. Uh, how, how does Tasha deal with it? She just seems like she's like your right hand. Like, does it get annoying for her or is she? Kind no. Of she knows it pays the bills. And I think we're both so grateful for that. You know, she's been with me so long and seen the minimum wage jobs and the frustration and the, you know, all of the things that come with the grind. So whenever someone comes, we were in Hawaii on vacation and we were sitting down watching the sunset right on this beach in Waikiki. And some, uh, mm -hmm. someone says, Hey, are you Dave Neal? I could hear your voice. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I think I have a normal voice, but uh, it was just a moment where um, we get to, we realize, Hey, this vacation in part is paid by people that support us. So while on the, on the level of like, I don't want to take, any shit from people like that feel entitled because that that comes with it too is people feel entitled to you I, we made you it's like well you like me because i'm honest with my points of view so i'm not going to kiss your ass because that's not what made me kind of valuable to you in the first place so i always call it cracking an egg to make an omelet sometimes you lose people but to keep everyone happy you just got to <laughs> remain as authentic as you can uh because otherwise you just you'll just 
wither away. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. So you're going to, you are going to go in places, kid. I have a good question oh. for you at the end. I, I mean, what would your dream job be? Like a Netflix special? Uh, is there anything on the, you know, top of mind that you could think of? Everyone, comedians always used to, used to want to get a writing job on late night TV or get on SNL or get a half hour comedy special. That's all uh, uh, meaningless to me. It's completely meaningless. Like a special would be fine, but if I honestly had a newsletter big enough that I could sell tickets to comedy clubs wherever I wanted to perform, that would be that would literally be all you need. Uh, ever th these these sort of false goals that people used to have about getting the Comedy Central half hour. You make five grand and then it co goes away in taxes. Uh, people watch it one time and then they're gone. Every comic right now is just trying to tackle YouTube, trying to gain their own audience and get people that want to follow them because that's the long term like equity that you can't be taken away from you, uh, like a, a writing job. I mean, no one wants to write for a late night TV. You just want a steady income. I found it with this. I'm happy. And now it's just about kind of make, getting as many uh, audience members to shows as possible. Oh man. Well, I can't wait to see you in Phoenix when you do stand up here. I gotta, I gotta see one of your show. I love your clips. I love your Instagram. It's hilarious. Uh, everybody go give him a follow, but I have to say, so you obviously you do a daily podcast and you cover the bachelor. Have you always been a bachelor fan? Do you watch every season? How did this come to be? I can't remember my initial season, but it was like a Caitlin Bristow. Like when I started covering it, it was around seven or eight years ago. Um, I watched several seasons before that. Uh, I, I always, I'm a fan of social, social dynamics. I'm just a fan of seeing how people interact with each other. So there are certain shows like survivor and bachelor and other shows where you get to see that play out. Um, when I started talking about bachelor years ago, when I was just doing one week, uh, one, one, uh, you know, recap a week, um, I saw a huge bump in people that wanted to comment about it. So it was really um, the compass pointed in the direction of keep talking about these parasocial relationships, keep talking about these water cooler things, because the comment section is the water cooler now. And then and so my channel kind of yeah, plateaued, but it had a loyal following. And then and then a couple of years ago, when I took the conversation about what was going on between the episodes. That's when things really took off. And what they say with YouTube and with anything in social media is when you find something that works, keep doing it. Um, I could follow another show just as loyally if it had a similar structure and be probably just as happy. But right now, Bachelor provides the best um, uh, environment and universe for all these different conversations to happen. Like there's so much, so many alumni, there's always a story. You you never would have thought you'd have a, a death hoax story followed by a breakup and a yeah. cheating scandal and this and that. And, and they're all good conversations worth having. Oh, absolutely. And you're doing it. I have to say like the best out of anybody. Oh, well, I'd say, and I, you know, obviously game of roses covers everything, but you're doing a daily show. So does reality, Steve. Um, I just, I love listening. It's, it's, you've got a quite the talent there, Dave. Did you ever think your life would get consumed by the bachelor? No, I don't. I didn't. I've <laughs> never really had a game. I mean, I, I'm in the screen actors guild. I've auditioned and been in different films and TV projects and stuff. And I always started with acting, then improv, then stand up. And you're, you're always just trying to whittle down to like, find out what your actual true calling is. I don't think I, I truly believe this for all the success I've had with the bachelor stuff. I think that's, real really not my calling at all 
Um, but definitely long form conversations and trying to connect with people that's closer to, I think the thing. So I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out, but it's for sure is the most successful form of unemployment I could ever ask for. I spend five hours, four or five hours every morning doing it. Then that's it for the day. Then I can travel and do stand up and do everything else. It's opened a ton of doors. I, lo- I love it for that reason, but it's still a job. I mean, it just shows you like you got to show up w- whether I'm in a different country or traveling. I always make sure that I get that content done because the audience is there and I respect that they're there. And I'm, that's why I get so mad when I watch other podcasts that have bad audio or are, are not good at what they do. Cause I go, you don't quite value your audience. The podcasts that have quit that never even released a statement when they were quitting. I'm like, mm-hmm. you don't, you're, 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 this is like abusive to your audience. You're right. you just abandoned them. And I, that's why I'm, I make sure my, my crowd knows where I'll be. If I'm traveling, Hey, this thing might come out late today. I'm going to be in the middle East. I'm all over, but they know it's coming out. So there hasn't been a day that I, I've missed in the last two and a half years, including the week I was gone for my wedding. I had content prepared all week long. I was uh, podcasting at midnight on my honeymoon in Bali. Um, Tasha gets it. It's part of the the, th- the thing. And um, I really value the, the audience that sticks around for all that. Dave, that's inspiring to me. And you know what? When we were in Newport, me, you, and Steve, we podcasted. And my husband, Umberto, he's much like Tasha. They sat outside while we podcasted. and just Isn't that sweet? Yeah, it was so sweet. He's so encouraging. He was excited I was talking to you. He's oh, like, yeah. Do you, are you ready? I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. I can't wait to have him. So I've been stoked to have you. And uh, I love, it's fascinating. You really have kind of got it down to a science, really. Well, I've, I've stripped away. I've done all of the vlogs where you spend 12 hours editing. I've done all of that. It's not my strong suit. I realized through consuming other people's content that what some people just want is a video that they can turn on while they're breastfeeding or cooking soup or whatever it is they're doing. They are out there mowing the lawn. They want a 15 minute video. Don't make it. And, and then I'll just try to keep it interesting and, and if people only want to watch the first two minutes, they'll probably get all the information they need. And then the rest is just um, me filibustering sometimes. Wow, oh, man. Well, you just hit what, like 70,000 subscribers? Where are you at now? Yeah, we just hit 70. It's, it's, and by the way, it's a real testament to how a loyal audience, it, you like, I'll take those 70, I, I truly mean this, I'll take 70,000 YouTube subscribers over 10 million TikTok. They are so loyal. It's because it's not about subscribers. It's about watch time. So they give me an incredible amount of watch time. I think we get 10 million watch minutes a month, which is just like a lot of, that's a lot of people listening. And uh, out of the 70,000 subscribers, I think I have a a stat pulled up. 51% of my audience isn't subscribed. Just the way YouTube works. Like if, if YouTube shows me to somebody and they watch a video, whether they subscribe or not, YouTube's really good at showing their audience what they want. So I've been so lucky the last couple of years that YouTube's really opened the doors and it doesn't happen overnight. I, I've made content for a long time that no one, nobody watched, but now that I get 10 million impressions a month, you can't, (gasps) You can't pay for that. You know what I mean? Like that's no. free giving me to 10 million people showing them my content. And then, you know, of course, a percentage of that will end up watching, becoming a fan. A percentage will join the Patreon or come to a live stand-up show. So it's all about just like getting that volume there and then kind of trying to deliver once they do watch. 
You're a hustler. And I love the analytics. I love learning about it, hearing about it. I kind of geek out on that stuff. Oh man, that I well, congratulations. And I listen to you every day. I I'm getting the kids off to school and I've got my ear pod in and you on know, the on the podcast or YouTube? On the podcast. <laughs> I, I haven't dabbled in YouTube that much. I, you know, I'm dealing with stuff with the kids, so I can listen to your daily, you know, yeah. Uh, podcast. I have you- yeah, I have YouTube premium so I can like put a video on and then turn it and then turn the phone off. But I, yeah, a lot of people, I didn't know, I got into the podcast game in October of this past year. So it's almost a year. And I was, I was worried because my gravy train was YouTube and I was worried if I start something new, it would pull people, people away. But the podcasting has been relatively successful. It's like a different market. I just brought the thing I was cooking in the restaurant, I put it in a taco truck and I brought it to new <laughs> audience. And like, that's kind of it is like, how can I do this? And initially all I was trying to do was take my three videos that I make every day, clip them up and put them into the podcast form. But then what I realized was this isn't the, the I'm not giving a podcast audience what a podcast audience needs. I'm giving a podcast audience repackaged YouTube content. So I kind of realized, let's just spend the extra 30 minutes redoing everything I've talked about already in the day and then package it into the podcast. And it's been way more successful that way. So it's unique. It's same stories, but more unique content because I'm delivering it specifically to a podcast audience. Wow. My mind is blown. (laughs) My mind is blown. Oh my gosh. Well, you could write a book about this, Dave. Have you thought about it? I've considered making my driving with Dave series a book. Um, brilliant. It would be every, everyone I interview would be a different chapter, but the idea would be more because there's a lot of books about the cracking, the analytics of, Mm -hmm. of content creating, but I don't think there's enough being spoken about, about how everyone can kind of harness their, what, what their own passion is and make that their endeavor. And I think that's the conversation I would be better having is saying, how can you pull out the thing that brings you joy so that every morning when you are working the whole, you know, stupid cliche, it doesn't feel like work if you love what you're doing, but it's no, I love a thousand percent true. If you Absolutely. love talking about what you're talking about or vlogging or doing whatever, whatever content creation, that's people are too focused on saying, well, I need to renovate an Airstream camper because that's what's popular. It's like, well, you better love doing that. Right. Because, you better like eating beans on the bonfire yeah. because, you know, and making long drops. And that's so true. And you said that on Caitlin Bristow's, you're like, Hey, if you love wrapping presents, like, why don't you start like a wrapping paper and like finding that thing that brings you joy. You could be really good at a lot of things. I'm really good at selling real estate, but I'm a little bit more passionate about podcasting, you know, and just working at it consistently. Would that be the advice that you would give somebody is just consistency or yeah, you know, when it comes to stand up, it can take so long to get your career off the ground because, you know, it's just a long and slow process that I always like. You don't want to show up to LA with 10 grand thinking you're going to make it when the money runs out. You need to have like a consistent uh, world that you live in. And if that's selling real estate, you need to have whatever it is going so that you don't have the pressure to succeed too fast until you're ready. Like most podcasts that people start, the average podcast lasts seven episodes. Mm. Uh, And that's because people realize no one's watching and you have to be an absolute insane person like myself. I did a podcast for seven years and didn't make any money doing it. But in hindsight, I realized all of the little connective tissues I was putting together to to make my voice more authentic and who I am. And it's kind of like you need whatever it is you pursue, you just have to set yourself up so that the pressure's off and you can create and do your art 
And there, there's always going to be a little pressure. It's always good to have, like, you know, for me, you know, I was dating Tasha and things weren't working out and we're not engaged yet. I mean, things were working out with the relationship, but I'm like, does my, does she even believe in me? And she did, of course, but I need to start proving to her that I can deliver. And there is a little aspect of that pressure that's helpful, but you need to still pay your bills every month. And oh. if you, if you did want to start a YouTube channel where you just did gift wrapping and live streamed and talked to your audience you, you just expect you're not going to make money doing it and keep getting better and better and before you know it you might go from not making a penny like i think my channel went from making like 30 bucks a month to to in one month thirty thousand within <gasps> several months time dave within several months time get out of town and that's not the average but like it went and then you go that's google that's google direct depositing a lot of money into your bank account every month um, so, a lot of money. That's like more than some people make in a year. And it's more than I've made in years. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and, and you touched on, you moved to LA, by the way, I moved when I was 19 going on 20 and you were in this, you probably are in the screen actors guild. I looked at your IMBD. There's some epic pictures of you with long hair. And, um, so you acted for 15 years. And like you said, touching on your podcast that you did for seven years, it's it's honing in on that skill set, which I told you, this is so much different for me, like going on someone's podcast and then being on the other side. So I think that that's really good advice for anybody in the pursuit of happiness, because I did a corporate job for a year. I was like, I'm going to commit to it for a year. And it was soul crushing, Dave. I had amazing benefits. I made commissions. I made a shit ton of money, but it just dimmed my light, you know? And yeah. I know you did a job in advertising, you did the college thing and here you are. I mean, like you are an inspiration for people to, it's like the American dream. Like you can do anything you set your mind to. Well, it's like, thank you. It's, it's really comes down to this benefits, all these different things. Mm, it's the bennies. It's all bullshit, right? You're paying for it in one way or another. Yes. We have a family that was staying with us. They have a doctor that's on call that they get to use for free. And it's like, that's great and all, but you still got to show up to your job. And if, if, the, if the company doesn't do well, companies are psychopathic, they'll lay you off. And then you're back. Like, where's your equity? And right. I work harder now than I ever did when I worked for other people. Uh, but that's because I love what I do. And so, so while I do have to pay for things like my health insurance is insane as a self employed person, I, sure. all, all these other issues are insane. I get to go, I'm going to the Maldives at the end of the month and I'm going to be in the Middle East. Uh, like I, uh, we're going to go vacation on one of those little villas that over, and I didn't have to ask, <gasps> I didn't have to ask someone for the time off, oh, uh, you know, but, but because of that, it took years to get things going because with stand up and with content creating and all these things, you're the intern till you're the CEO. There really isn't much in between time. I'm so, the intern right now. You're the yeah. CEO. <laughs> but you're building it all. You're built, you're, you're, you own it, you're building it. And whether, where the success comes from getting a big sponsor or someone wanting to buy you, to, you know, someone maybe, maybe they want you to become a correspondent, whatever it is, your portfolio is your ownership and whatever people do in life. I always say when, when you work for a company, if, if, if you're like, if you're a graphic designer, at least you have something to show for it. There's a mm -hmm. lot of people that work for companies that when they're done, when they're laid off or whatever, their job might be getting automated next. Where's the the portfolio that you got from that and, right. and everyone, and I get, I get a lot of, this triggers a lot of people to talk about because they think I hate corporations and it's like, I don't hate corporations. It's just, you're renting your time to pursue in the pursuit of someone else's goal. So right. if, when you're renting your time, you're just disposable. 
And I think most people, if you can figure it out, find a way to own your time, create something that's yours, even if you have to work twice as hard, at least you'll have something to show for it. And like you said, you own it and renting, that is really interesting. And, you know, I have some amazing stories. I can't share them here, but my sister's a labor and unemployment attorney and talk about people who have worked for this company for so many years and like the severance packages or they have to lay them off. She's the one in the trenches, like fighting for them, you know, but it's kind of sad. Some of the stories I've heard. Yeah. I had a lady who came to a show in San Diego a few weeks ago and she said, Hey, I never understood you rant, you rail against all these corporations. I never really got it. And then the Christian, um, uh, a broadcast network she worked for later off. And she, she's like, it's been so therapeutic to hear you talk about all this. Because right. We, we, we kind of, a lot of times we set up our identity based on what our job is. And I don't think that's like an international thing. Um, I don't think a lot of other cultures worry so much about that, but we're so focused on what that job title is, that business card and we own it. So when that gets stripped away, it's like, who are like, that's the midlife crisis or whatever crisis it is. It's what's my identity. I was so lucky to get fired from my job in my early twenties and then enter the recession of 08 and be able to dabble in, 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 in acting and in improv and all these other things and, and, and get the chance to play and grow and, and do all that. Whereas if I had a job that probably paid a little bit better, I might not have taken that risk. And, and then who knows where life would have gone, you know? Oh, that's inspiring, Dave. Well, and you moved to um, LA. Let's see, you grew up where Jared did. It's, not, it's on the tip of my tongue. Tell Rhode us Island. where you Rhode Island. So what was that like grow, uh, moving to LA? Did you have like, cause it's a big to do to get used to LA. Um, yeah. I, ha- I had some, do? well, I had some family here. I had an aunt that was here. That was kind of like my gateway to LA. So I would, I've stayed with her a few times before I made the move. Um, I went actually from Rhode Island to Boston, to New York, to LA. So Boston oh, wow. is a small city. I, I kind of liked, I've always enjoyed uh, living in culture. Cause I kind of grew up in just a standard white Irish Catholic town. In Rhode Island, like very much no culture other, you know, so just kind of a little boring. And then when I moved to New York, I lived in Harlem up on oh, 40th Street. I was just, I loved the energy. What was that like? I mean, that's Harlem. I remember when I moved to New York, they're like, don't go to Harlem. Yeah, no, people, they would warn against it. And I had an uncle who lived on 96th Street. And he's like, you never go above 96th Street. I was on 140th in the Dominican neighborhood of Hamilton Heights. And uh, the Friday, I think I visited it one time on a Friday, like before I moved there. And there was people just pulled over. Everyone got their paychecks and everyone's kind of hanging out on the street. <laughs> I mean, they're playing dominoes. It's a, it's a wildly different, so a stimulating thing. where Culture you know, shock for sure. Punks are open. People are playing their music. Everyone's having a good time. And that was like the heartbeat of New York City. And that's like Washington Heights, the movie, the Heights or the Broadway play and all that. It's just perfectly encapsulates how much energy and love there is because everyone's living on top of each other. The, the neighbor, the street, uh, you know, is Broadway is just the, this energy vortex. And I just, I felt like I could, I just felt like I belonged there. I lived there for a long time and then started comedy and all that. And then when I moved to LA, it was to work for another comedian. And, um, LA is just a different market. I probably wouldn't have stayed this long, but Tasha and I started dating early on and we kind of like made it our home. But did you, so did you like find the people? It's very different East coast LA. Like when I moved, like I realized people in LA, they talk very fastly and it's something that I picked up as well. Like you'd be talking to somebody and it's like, 
you know, I'm from Arizona where people have these long-winded conversations, right? Um, at the grocery store, wherever, whoever you're talking to, but in LA, everybody is so fast, fast, fast. And they're all focused on their own thing. Like This is a perfect example. This is something I've noticed lately. I, I'd be curious to see what, what you think about it. And I know Caitlin Bristow does it on her podcast a lot as well, but she says, got it, got it. Like people will just cut you off. Like if you're telling a story, they say, got it. Have you noticed that? I have not, but that's so funny. I, um, when we, you know, I've heard you talk in the past about people like Nick Fiel and, and mm -hmm. he's a good example of like people in LA. Yeah. LA gets a bad rap. It's just people that are hyper-focused on making their dreams come true. Absolutely. And, that's and, well said. And so like, I could shit on that all day long, but I get it. I get it. You know, there's right. I, like, if I have any jade towards someone like him, there's probably someone who has that jade towards me. Where they go, <laughs> Dave's not giving me the time of day, or you know, I'll have a podcast guest, uh, I'll have a podcast reach out to me asking to for me to do their their show, and I've always said yes to these, but then I'll look at it and they have like fifty followers mm -hmm. online, and I go, is this worth an hour of my day when I don't get any free time, and I, you know, that hour I'd rather spend it alone at a Starbucks, just recharging, pressing from all the crazy stuff I'm doing. So I totally understand why like the Joe Rogans don't go on anyone else's podcast. It's like why should they? I totally understand why. I'm not on Nick's because he's already got his thing going on. Or right, uh, why he's not coming on mine? He cricket, he ghosted me for sure. Yeah. You Jason guys he'd be great to come on yours. But to me, and we've talked about this before offline. Like, you know, I'm trying to get Caitlin on mine. I think she will. Obviously, she's been going through a lot, but I don't get the impression that like she's gonna do it. And she always talks about like you know wanting to be like pro woman and all this stuff, but she's probably just too spread thin. I can't take it personally. You it, know? It's yeah, exactly. It's hard to not take it personally, and that's what that's what's driven me my whole career is taking things personally and going, <laughs> you know what? I'll just outperform you as some nobody, non bachelor alumni. Nobody cares. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna work so hard that I can just pass you by, and then I won't answer your calls. And which <laughs> ego ego is good to an extent. It's like you need a little. Absolutely. Not overdoing it. I always have to turn my volume down. I'm like, your ego is not your amigo. But I'll get like a V for vendetta, though, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm fucking on a war path right now. But like, it's got to be hard to, yeah, it's got to be hard when you think of someone like Caitlin in, in her DMs, how many people are pulling and reaching out to her. When her her people reached out to me to do her show, I was floored. I was like, this is amazing. I mean, I flew to Nashville to do it. I thought it was a really good business opportunity. Plus, I've always valued her and, 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 and everything. Now, if she if she decides to do my show or not, I'll understand if she doesn't want to. Like I just I I take that as a note that I need to get to a bigger place so that I can command the people to do it because it's so good for their career. What the hardest thing in the world when I was doing my old podcast years ago is to is to get any valuable guests because anyone with value has so much of their own thing going on. Why would they even want to do mine? Right. But but in your situation as an alumni, you've kind of there, there, there should be a sort of camaraderie and a unionship that you and Nick and Caitlin all have because you all went through this experience. You just went through it before the tidal wave of Instagram hit. Mm -hmm. So there, there, there is an absolute privilege that people like Caitlin and Nick and some of these contestants that have over a million followers that weren't even finalists, you know, there's a huge privilege. They didn't get that because they're that much better at their social media. They just mm -hmm. entered it at the steroid era of Instagram. You know what I mean? <laughs> Instagram on crack cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. So when they see someone like you who kind of paved the way for 
how an interesting, uh, likable villain can go on and do all these things. They should be looking at that as like elevating you, but it just goes to show that everyone's kind of just trying to pay their own bills and work and work on themselves. So, you know, I get it. I get it. But I, but I look at it as an outsider going, you know, I feel like you should be getting more love within the community because well, you, thank you, Dave, I would like that, you know, and I'm obviously getting contestants. Like I got Tino and I'm working with Warner brothers to get people approved. And that's a whole other thing. I was curious to see if you were having to do that, or if you're just getting people off contract, because driving with Dave is so good. I did it when I was in LA, you came to my 40th birthday. I was hoarse. Cause I was partying like a rock star on my 40th. But it's so good. And you had Corinne Olympios on. Well, who's been your favorite uh, driving with Dave? Sorry, switching well, gears. You, of course. Oh, um, stop it. Um, but you were the first in the Tesla. Everyone's different. Everyone has been a different conversation. It's such a cool concept. Yeah, it's simple. I mean, it's like not really my idea. Like, obviously, car, comedians and cars getting coffee. I mean, there's been a ton of people that have done driving interviews. But what I, you know, I had Justin Glaze on this week and he was, I was like, all right, we're done. We did an hour. He was like, I thought that was 20 minutes. Oh, there's yeah. I felt that, that way too. Yeah. When you're driving, I, as an, as a passenger, I'm giving you the chance to not worry about directions, to just sit down there in the car and look forward. We almost don't even make that much eye contact because I'm driving. And it's just a different scenario than sitting down in a room, which I still think there's a place for that. It's just, I don't have a home studio that is capable of doing interviews right now. And I realized it'd be a lot easier to get guests if I just show up to them with a cup of coffee. <laughs> It's brilliant. I love it. And you got the video. So everybody go give that a listen. Like I said, I was trying to reach out. I'm friends with, or I know David Spade. I was trying to get him on for you, but he's not doing interviews right now. But I just think you can only go up from here. Yeah, I'm going to try to do 50% of my interviews are Bachelor alumni and then 50% are comics. Like I want to get, I want to get Dane Cook and, and reach out to Jack Black. Like there's a lot of comedians I really respect that I think if I just kind of get them, it's almost like the unionship that I think Bachelor alumni should have. I think right. a lot of comedians have that. So Dane, Speed, you know, like if I did a show with him, he might see that I'm a good on stage and, you know, it might be a little different than a recommendation. He might want you to write else. for him or write jokes for him or have you open for him. Um, yeah. I totally agree. And that's got to be a different dynamic too. And I definitely know a couple other comedians in LA that you might like to interview and have on, on your show. Um, it seems like you should have that camaraderie. Have you felt that in your community? Like I said, is if you, one green room chat during a stand-up show can make a mm -hmm. lifelong connection. So there's so many comics out here that reaching out to people in their DMs is just like a, it doesn't have the same bite as when you meet someone, you see their act, you realize they're, you know, like the best thing I can do it, to promote myself is have a good set on stage and then let other comedians like feel your heat that you're kind of doing things. And there's a lot of comments. I mean, there's tens of thousands of comedians out here. So podcasters. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And when my, when my YouTube channel took off for whatever reason, Instagram is like the barometer for success right now still. And even though the YouTube pays way much more money on all this, people like I didn't have the big Instagram following. So like a lot of other comics didn't know what I was doing out there. And, and then, you know, I got, you know, I got in like time magazine or something like something That's that amazing. completely didn't matter for my own views. Like it didn't, it didn't give me probably one extra view or one extra penny. But that just shows people some endorsement. Oh, oh, David was in time. What the hell is going on over there? And That's then incredible, on my Dave. show. Yeah. So it's just it's like those little things that lead to credibility so that you can get the other guests and, and this and that. 
Oh, that's so exciting. I'm so excited to see where you go next. You know what I think you should do is a, a bachelor comedy date, group date. Would you do that? You mean like on the show? Yeah, like host a, a group date where like like you help the girls do stand up or you do oh, a that roast. Would be, yeah, that'd be fantastic. I mean, I, why don't we do that? Let's let's put that out into let's the universe. Do it. Let yeah. me message production. I know uh Casey uh case pace pace case and Chad wanted to do a hooju group date, which I thought would be so funny if you're listening, Warner Brothers. But Dave, I think you could do like a a roast or teach the girls how to do stand up. That would yeah. be epic yeah, actually i always say that they always go the show in the recent years has gone for like making people look dumb but i think if they actually had some writers and really performed it that they could have a really fun thing um and maybe the show's getting back to that but yeah that's a good idea if, if they if the show collaborated with people like game of roses and even reality steve it Who would have a built-in like massive following and you know i don't have a massive following on instagram but my followers are like, if you look at the analytics, they are so loyal. Yeah. You know, and that, but this is the problem with, with corporations. I was going to ask you about the bachelor and what would you change in it? And we're kind of touching on it. So. Yeah, I think they could do a better job. So when I started watching Vanderpump Rules and then Below Deck on Bravo, the Bravo network takes bigger risks. They, they're able to yes. um, they're able to have more uh, loose uh, humor and and they'll bring in like the parasocial relationship. Uh, they'll pull up text messages people sent or tweets they made. The show operates in a snow globe. And I think that while it's worked in the past, I think the best thing they could do is to break down the fourth wall and show the women getting ready before the limo date. I know we've talked about this with Game really of Really getting like, ready. They show the fake getting ready. Yeah, like show... Like your makeup's yeah. done and they're like, just go on, look in the mirror and like put on your finishing touches. And you're like literally like lightly with a brush. Yeah, I mean, it's such a big show on a giant network that I was going to say they, they would rather... Um, you know, because they're on a network, they have to pull all these favors for the network. They're bringing in musicians that are signed to the same record label, that ABC, whatever. They have all these different things going on. But I think if they broke through all of that and actually connected with their audience more, I mean, yeah, mm -hmm. how wild would it be if they brought Reality Steve on and had a date centered around like making fake spoilers or something? I don't know, like just I something mean fun. You or even be you being like, let's see if you could podcast. You're going to have to be doing podcasts after this. Like, let's test you out. Like, oh, yeah, like on a, the hot seat. Like, yeah, that's a great idea. Like a, media a live podcast, which I think that would be epic. Someday I would love to do like a live tour or something like that. I'm obviously still getting there. But to get like you and Steve and yeah. Chad and Lizzie, something that's neither here nor there. I, I understand why the show would stay away from people like me because we're not on their payroll. So they can't. Dangle should be. They can't. Well, I mean, they can't afford me, really. I don't think. But they can't. Like, they can't. <laughs> they can't convince. They can't persuade me to feel a certain way because I have to please them. And because of that, you know, it's like what we do. Like, this is the the whole Bachelor universe. It really means nothing in the grand scheme of the of the world. But the and I, and I would never call myself a journalist, but Reality Steve is like he is a journalist for the show. He holds them accountable be, through like sharing the truth of situations. If they want to blast somebody or mischaracterize somebody, he'll interview them. He'll get to the truth there, and that's important in any industry to have. You know, basically a dictatorship, which is mm -hmm. the Communist Party of Bachelor Nation, right? They they set all the rules. All of their Bachelor podcasts are them just like with this north 
North Korea smile. Like we love the show. Yeah, and it's you have so people like reality. Yeah. And then you have people like reality Steve going, yeah, but they're manipulating you. They're not letting you sleep there, you know, and it's like, I think that's just important to have a little bit of that truth there. I think the fans need it. You know, I really, I think that that's brilliant. I don't think they would ever bring the reality C on, but I would hope at some point just because everybody that works on the show works so hard. They get up early, they travel, they do all this stuff and they, it's the spoiling aspect of it, but you never know. I mean, I think that would be great if they came together and there's been a lot of changes. And I wanted to ask you, what do you see um, as the future of reality TV coverage goes? Do you see any? As far as like what I do? Like what's the future of reality TV coverage? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Oh, that's a great question. Well, we're, what we're seeing now is just the more like... The reason I can cover Bachelor and not like Love on the Spectrum or 90 Day Fiance is because there's a big enough audience that it makes it worth my while to cover The Bachelor. So while it's good that there's all these other shows on like Netflix has has really figured out how to produce all these niche shows, they don't command the same audience, at least so far, uh, that The Bachelor does, even if they get more views sometimes. So I it, so the fact that all of these new shows are coming out, it does make it hard to cover. It's not just Survivor on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. it's, it's very complicated. Um, but so many and that are elevated. Like oh my gosh, like uh, Ultimate, like you said, the Netflix one, uh, Bravo, and like the way that they film them. I think that's where The Bachelor could get better, uh, as far as like their filming and the drone stuff and all that. Oh yeah, like Bachelor for sure could like I don't. They, I mean, you like I've worked on best picture films. I worked on Birdman, right? You get to see the best right. people in the world making art. And then you see <laughs> The Bachelor and it's like, oh gosh, what let's, is this? Let's now, elevate to, it. Let's make it, right? Don't you yeah, think to, it could be give better? Credit where it's due. The other day I was watching the, um, I was reacting to the Golden Bachelor women uh, photo shoot. And I was like, this is fantastic. How exactly. glamorous. And then the photographer actually shared my clip 
And I was like, dude, good for you, man. You, you, you shot the hell out of this. Like there are ways that they can improve the show that, that wouldn't require, I mean, it's already a show on a network TV. I mean, the budget's big enough. They're not even paying their contestants that they can, that they can figure out ways to have uh, a bonus footage that shows elongated things. And they, the amount of stuff they leave on the cutting room floor that, that would just be more content. I mean, it's reasons why like my channel does well, because people want more. They don't get enough from it from the show. So they come to fan accounts to talk more about it. So I don't know. I don't know how I would fix it other than a lot of it's um, how they stylize the show. And like I said before, they've made it this museum piece where you're on the outside looking in, whereas other shows may make you feel like you're a friend at the table having brunch with them. I think they could do a better job of making you feel like you're a part of those conversations and not just watching this final product play out. Brilliant. Fantastic. And let's get you on there and chat and Lizzie. I'll come. I'll be some moral support. Yeah. I think oh, they need you. I hopefully they can afford you. I don't know if they can. I I did the lotto date. I think I got a little day fee, but it wasn't oh, a lot. Go. Yeah. Hey, I paid the child care for the month. Um, <laughs> so, well, gosh, thank you for sharing you. Like I said, firing on all cylinders. I see you taking a sip of coffee and you know, I'm a hopeless romantic. So I love meeting Tasha. I can't wait to see you guys in Arizona. You're in a baseball league, right? I play an adult men's baseball league. Our tournament is going to be in October. I'm trying to book a, I'm trying to book a stand-up show the week that I'm there. So if any of your friends or, or fans are in the Arizona area, just follow me on Instagram. When I have the show date, I'll post it. But I have to say the show I did in Seattle with all of the bachelor audience was really fun. I mean, it's a really, we had people come in from Canada and Oregon. People came hours, all, you know, to oh, come to the show. So, so cool. Yeah, the, the audiences are just insane. And um, I'm hoping to get more. I want to find a way to get Reality Steve involved in Texas, maybe do a Q&A or something. I don't know. I'm trying. I, I want to find a way to do my to do my stand up shows and then invite different bachelor people to have a meet and greet after, you know, that type of thing. Oh, brilliant. Well, I'm happy to help. So let me know if I can do anything. I would love it. Absolutely. And yeah, maybe I could get some books to donate or something. But um, so I wanted to talk to you about you and Tasha. How long have you guys been together? We're at like nine years. Holy mackerel. Okay. I need to ask you the secrets of a longevity. I'm we're in only four years, but I love the post that you do with her. She's cute as a button, but you did a post that you said, I love the ones that were like, this is why I'm going to marry this woman. But, um, you did the picture of you guys. This was the day we fell in love. We didn't date for three months though. Tasha took time to get ready. I yeah. loved that. What was she doing? She was doing her hair and makeup? We, or? we went to the <laughs> desert. We went to the desert and I don't even know if that was her first choice to go. Like she was, she was asking me to go to some full moon party. And I was like, what is, what in the oh, ast- astrology is this? I love her style. I just made full moon water the other night. No wonder it <laughs> got would. along so well. <laughs> you, did you soak your crystals in it and everything? No crystals, just the water in the blue moon. And oh, then you drink funny. it the next day and you just get energized. So she wanted to go to this thing and it started at like midnight. And I was like, I'm not, I've got to make sure I'm not like, you know, like, cause we were friends. And I was like, I don't want to, I want to make sure that I don't show up. And there's like five guys that are, we're also friends friends because oh like like some people are naive and she she thinks all these guys want to be her friend and she's you know like tasha's a she's a she's a catch right she's like guys are stumbling all over trying to get her and i was like look i'll go with you but i just had to make sure it was just the two of us and uh we ended up we ended up going to this event. It was like a rave in the middle of the desert. And then the full moon, right. And then the sun rises and you stay up for that. And it becomes this kind of epic event. And um, we, we drove back and I was like, I think I'm in love. 
I was like, I think we just went somewhere and it took a little while. I was new to LA. We had already known each other, been friends. And I was like, oh yeah. And then, and then um, a few months later, after when I was kind of like, Hey, look, we, we, we've been kind of stuck doing this friend thing. I just feel that there's more. Um, I kind of told her, Hey, I just don't want to be friends. I don't feel like that's doing us justice. I didn't come here to make friends. Yeah, exactly. I told her that I said, look, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> kind of broke up with her as friends. And about a month later, that was when I went home to, to, to visit my family. I come back, I think January 14th and get on, I'm on the plane and the plane lands at LAX and I turn off airplane mode and I have a text message from Tasha saying, um, let me know when you arrive, I'm around the corner. And that night she picked me up. I didn't even ask her to, she picked me up, met her best friend. They were already out to dinner nearby. Oh, she was interviewing you. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, like, I don't, and and I was coming across a, off of a cross country flight in probably pajamas. <laughs> and, uh, but I'm like, look, come on, I've been doing comedy long enough. This is uh, I can, I can crush this conversation. And we, um, and then she came, she came home with me. We've been like together, uh, like literally together from the second my phone turned back on. Um, we've had issues like any relationship where um, I've had, you know, time management being people, ple- like I'm a people pleaser, which can get you into trouble because I'm not always truthful with you know how mm-hmm. I feel. And then all of a sudden I'm bitter because I'm raised Catholic and I give and then resent <laughs> like all these different things you don't realize. And then uh, whatever issues she wants to speak on about herself, we just learn to like let our ego go when we're in an argument and and in the end every single time we were in that moment where we're like are we going to keep doing this or are we going to go our separate ways every single time we showed back up together Mm -hmm. and it's just led to one better moment after better moment and it really helps when you can give the other person the benefit of the doubt and we were kind of just two people from the east coast that pushed our family away, went out to do our own thing, had our own little hero's journey, had to prove ourselves to the world. And then we kind of came together and realized we could do it together. Oh, congratulations. That's beautiful. And, you know, dating, I have single friends in LA that are really struggling. So nine years, that's, that's a long time. And you're, here you are going to the Maldives. Yeah. She we, supports you, you guys. That's yeah. really good advice for sure. I mean, and then you throw kids onto it, which I know you've talked about wanting to have kids. Me and Tasha talked about it as well. And oh, did you? yeah. Yeah. So that's just, it just, I don't know. You'll, you'll experience that. I'm not going to push my agenda onto you, but that's I highly recommend it to a friend. That's all you, I'll you've say. Been, you've obviously like, like Tasha and I spent so much time in this like gestation period to use the mm-hmm. kid terms here, like just trying to figure out our relationship. Although we were like, really, uh, I mean, we moved in really quick. So it wasn't like we just, so did we. Like we were two like, months. You know, the idea of being serious is kind of weird because it's been, we've probably had the goofiest relationship. Like mm-hmm. we've, we want, it, when we it, when we do have kids, we want to bring that silliness to our kids. We want to show that we can have a family that doesn't take itself too seriously and oh, yeah. loves and all these things. And I just think we both come, like God bless our parents, but I think we both come from families that struggle to show. And I think that whole generation struggled to show it. And I think my generation, our, our generation, is a result of wanting to get back to child's play, wanting to get back to being okay, being goofy and having fun. And we, we have a blast with that. And I, I, if we, you know, if, if kids are in the picture, I truly think it'll be such a joy to, to, to bring them along for that ride. 
Oh, and it just makes you fall in love with each other even more. It just like adds another layer, you know, like I was single for so long. And then I met my husband. I was like, he's there. He is finally. And then we had our selfish time where we just did all of our fun stuff, but we lit it up pretty quick because I'm a little older, but then, you know, I didn't know, like I had been alone for so long. Like, what is it going to be like? You don't know until you're in it. Um, but I just fell in love with my husband more and more every day. I know that sounds like so icky and cheesy, but you see them with the kids and you just get this deeper, it's fun too. Or like, we just are like laughing. Like, what did he just say? Oh my gosh. You know? And even when we're in the trenches, it's like, we can just look at each other and our love is just always there. So I don't know if that's the best way to put it, but I'm excited for you. Oh, thanks. No, that is your heart just like explodes. And, but you think like, am I still going to be able to do the pot? Like you're, it's just been you two for so long. Like, what does that look like? And it's just like a beautiful manifestation of your love for one another. Oh yeah. And look, I come from, I come from a single mom who had to work, no child support. And now I look at what we do is I usually I'm, I'm wrapped with the podcast and YouTube by noon that it's like, all right, we can, I work from home. We can, we can figure this out and be so flexible. If Tasha wants to, you know, they have these maternity and young mother agencies and I like, she's a model. So if she wants to go get a coffee and go, go, go to a casting where she's going to literally be presented with other young moms, like go, go meet some people. Like I want us to be a part of that community uh, where we can continue to create and not think that our lives are going to be drastically changed. I know I'm being naive here that people will, uh, you know, that things will change, but I at least think I'm not going to be, you know, slaving away at some nine to five and mm-hmm. just, and just having that little picture of my kid on the desk and wishing I was home. Like I'm going to be there. Mm-hmm. So there'll be breaking news videos where I'm strapped with a baby Bjorn, you know, making, <laughs> making content if that, if that happens and that's okay. That's so exciting. I can't wait to watch. I, I'll be a fly on the wall. I just can't wait to watch this unfold for you because it's going to happen. Let's be honest, putting it out there. So uh, I know you have a big trip coming up. Are you going to work or do you work remotely? Or are you going to unplug? I I love the idea of unplugging, but it's probably, I actually, because I, uh, people, will, when, I, when I travel, people will comment, Dave, go away, leave us alone. We don't care. And I'm like, listen, like I appreciate them saying that they're like, we, they want me to go away. They want me to have that time off, but you know, that doesn't pay the bills. There's no unemployment on YouTube. So I have a little setup that I use and I kind of make brief kind of quicker content with it when I'm traveling and I'll probably keep doing that. Um, you know, when we're traveling to the Maldives, I think there's a day and a half of flights and stuff. I'll just have some content ready to go beforehand. I set up the schedule. So it uploads and that way I feel better, you know, that I've got the content out there and, you know, it's just, it really is just kind of an organizational thing. And then, you know, Tasha likes to sleep in, I can make some content in the morning and, um, and then we're both happy because I get to yell into the microphone and burn off some of this energy <laughs> that she doesn't need to deal with anyway. So it, 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 it kind of works itself out. I, I wish I had your energy. I'm like, give me that. Is that the CBD gummies or what? Because (laughs) there's some days where I'm just like, I got an interview today and I just have low energy. Maybe the kids woke me up at four or that kind of thing. But you just start, like I said, firing in all cylinders and it's inspiring. And I appreciate you sharing your story and your time with us. Oh, thanks. But, but, you know, I do feel the way you feel sometimes. Like when I have interviews, it's in working by myself, I, I can, 
sit at the desk and have a coffee and watch a YouTube clip. And then like, I, like it's when I, when I have to collaborate with other people, I feel the resistance and not necessarily when I'm the guest here, but like I'm doing a driving with Dave later today. And I'm like, Oh, the, all this setup, but it's always worth it to actually have the conversation because I think as humans, we don't have enough long conversations. So when they do happen, even if they're on podcasts or on a road trip or a driving with Dave, those conversations always make you feel better afterwards. And it's like, what is that? What, what is that? And how can any audience who's listening replicate that make, you know, carve out time to call your mom and, or call your cousin, like carve out the time to have those conversations because you don't get that same love from short form content you consume online. That's beautiful. And I'm trying to not doom scroll as much because I'm like, God, this leaves me feeling empty. And I just feel that way. Like, wow, I used to know all my friends' numbers by heart. I would call them. And you do, we need that. We need to kind of get back to that. When you became a mom, did your attention span go away? Because my sister's got four kids and she's, the kids are everywhere. So it's almost like I feel like her brain's rewired to like make sure like she can like, you know, be a be scatterbrained, I think is a survival technique. It it is. And I'm like a very like peaceful, like yoga, like calming. And, and and there's there's days where it's chaotic. And so it's getting adjusted to the new norm. It's like any muscle, you gotta keep flexing it. But uh I have mom brain and I it I say it's really real. Like I knew where you were from, but it just didn't, it wasn't coming to me. That was a perfect example of mom brain. And I, I guess with each kid, it gets a little bit worse. It's a physical thing that happens. So, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. No, and then I'm, you're tired and like my kids aren't sleeping. They're both sick right now. I came to my dad's podcast and Umberto's at home with them, taking care of them, watching football. He's so excited. Football's back, but oh, nice. you just divide and conquer, you know, you just divide and conquer. But yeah, definitely. Um, I have to t- do a lot of notes and like, I feel so bad. My husband is, he doesn't have that. He's so, he has to like remind me of things. So we, now we have a calendar on the, on the counter and he's like, did you check the calendar? And I was like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) you know, I'm just much more forgetful. I think there's a, there's gotta be a, a reason that that happens and they're in a skill behind it. And I think a lot of creativity comes from being scatterbrained because you're, you can let your mind wander. So it's always good in a relationship to have two, two people with different brain styles kind of like helping (laughs) each other out. He's my, he's my IT guy, my calendar guy. Like he'll be like, Oh, what about so-and-so? Did they get back to you? And I'm like, Oh, I got a check. You know, I've totally forgot. I was going to interview this person, which, um, I wanted to hear who you have coming up because I know you've got a trip coming. Do you have any good guests that you can? Well, Tino is going to come after (gasps) doing yours. He will be live in a few weeks from his contract. So he'll be coming on. I think, um, I actually think, um, uh, Katie bigger was going to come on. No uh, way. Yes. Yeah, I, I don't even think she's allowed to, but she was going, I, um, I, Thomas and I have been back and forth just trying to get on the same page. So yeah, lots of people. Um, who else do I have? Oh, they're uh, going to have a baby any day now. I know. That's why I was kind of like trying to get, get to him before then, but um, I'm low Logan and Blake Moines just reached out to try to get approval. Cause you know, Blake and I met when he was still with Katie and Blake and I, I like him a lot. Oh yeah. He's so, I mean, when people, you only get to see a mm-hmm. fraction of people on camera, but he is so good at what he does. And the fact that he's taking his just likability with animal conservation is going to be so, so he's a great example. He loves what he does. You can feel the passion Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, haters will be like, what is, what do you do? Is an influencer who holds turtles? And it's like, you don't get it. Like he's bridging a gap between a lot of issues that are out there and a lot of people that don't 
know that and he's using social media in such an effective and he's actually in madagascar right now so he's um he's like boots on the ground he's not just over there taking pictures with lions like hey look at me (laughs) yeah and it's like it it's that's what he loves to do so he's just he's putting in all that hard work but it's fulfilling so yeah he's he's he said he'll do it but he's still under contract because he's on bachelor in paradise this year so um i've yet to really have the the show um approve one interview so have you been requesting them I have, and I've had other people and, um, they just, you know, I'm either not on the radar or I'm, or, or I'm blacklisted and either way it's, whatever. Oh no, I don't think you're blacklisted at all. I think it's, they have like, you know, by the way, clickbait touching back on that. Why don't one of us do clickbait? Like that's an audience. It's just lost in outer space, but they, yeah, I think they, they have their own that they kind of, you know, Ashley and Jared, I'm sorry. They all kind of get everybody first. Yeah. There's, they, they. The bachelor approved ones, the bachelor, when we talk about respecting your audience, they, they don't care. Cause it's just a company. So why would, you know, but that's, that's why it's just like empty carbs. It's just like, um, cotton candy. It's like, what is, what is a bachelor podcast? It's like, it's, it's not, there's no depth to it because they don't have a built-in studio. They could easily have a studio in Chicago, New York, Nashville, and LA. They could rent these studios out for 150 bucks an hour. They could have um, like really engaging videos and, and real and real powerful conversations. And yet Absolutely. they just do the pandemic thing. They just do this pandemic sort of thing that they got away with. And it is not good. There's a reason why Nick and Caitlin, their podcasts have doubled down with with video production quality, because it's like, you got to realize your audience is like, we, we don't live in the world where you can just necessarily just like turn on your iPhone and chat. Um, which by the way, gives such credit to reality, Steve, that his, he's so successful because mm-hmm. he, he kind of built this mold out of nothing as, as a non-alumni with, you know, built his following through the, you know, from the floor up. But these alumni that get the this following that that then get endorsed by the bachelor podcast community they don't have anything to offer because they're kind of just renting out their time i say this with grocery store joe he looks like he's watching a basketball game in the background right. like how could you possibly care about the growth of the show if you're just like collecting the check every other week there's like phoning like, it in you need the passion and i don't blame him if he started grocery store joe's uh you know uh, pizza sauce podcast he would be the best he would be so good at it but like when you take away that initiative to, or that equity to like to really um you know take away that commission structure you just get this slop that is just not good i mean the the happy hour podcast that I would be irate if I was a podcaster and using the same microphone I'm using now, it comes out echoey. It comes out with ground noise. It's like, what the hell are they doing? And some people don't get my complaints, but like as a creator, this is the somebody who this is, you live and breathe it. This is your job. This is ABC. Come on. Yes. This is Disney folks put together a great podcast studio. And, and again, I say this, my channel, people would rather watch me. Uh, listen to those conversations because they're so bad because I'm speaking for an audience that's going like, Oh my gosh, this is terrible. And right. it's, this is and in it, my ear holes. And you know, I dealt with that <laughs> in the beginning and Chad and Lizzie have been amazing at coaching me, but they sent me a mic and I mean, I'm at my dad's, so it's probably a little bit more echoey, but I have a place in my house now and the kids aren't home where I know, okay, the quality is going to be good. 
Yeah. And well, and yeah, first of all, the, your quality is great, but also yeah. you're, you're, you're still independently produced. It's not like I'm I, doing it all the social yeah. media and I know you do it all. You don't have a, an assistant, right? I mean, no, no, you're and a one man band. Yeah. Every, every thought about hiring someone just takes away. It's like, I didn't get into stand up so I could hire somebody and wonder if they're working hard enough. So Someday every day you might have to though, Dave. I might have to, I might have to, but if you know, I've, it's just something I've get, I get people sending me their resumes all the time because they know how busy I am and, and all that, all of that. But, um, I like, I like the control and everything I do is last Same. minute. So like, I, I'm not going to be hiring someone and, you know, in on Fiverr from the other side of the world to, to do stuff that then I have to wait for the, you know, it's just like now everything I like, if we're, we're recording this on a Sunday morning, if a mm -hmm. story breaks right now, I'll have it up in 20 minutes. That's I can't so great. do that when other people work for me. Like I've, I've made, I've done breaking news stories in line at Disney world at, at animal kingdom. You know, when a, when a story comes out, it's like, there is no time to wait. So I like to keep my, my team, which is me as, as uh, sort of, um, uh, fluid as possible. So I don't have to wait on somebody else to make my thumbnail or whatever. Well, isn't that the beauty of this, this occupation and like getting out of the, you know, corporate world and that kind of stuff. It's your own time. And that is the American dream. You know, every, you're like your own boss. Yeah. So like to, 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 to criticize the business plan of Nick, um, and again, it's no <laughs> knock on him, but it's, it's the exact opposite of what I would want to do. Oh, his is, podcast is, I had to unfollow it right now, Dave, sorry to step on you. I just, I know where you're going to go. He's got all these people on it, right? Is that what you're going to say? Yeah. And like I said, look, he, maybe that's him oh. building the thing he needs for his brain. So like, it's, it's not a judgment so much as going, that's not what I want to do. You know, like Joe Rogan has like, he's the biggest podcaster in the world. He's got, he's got a, he's got a security team now, but he's got like one or two employees. And I've worked for comedians that have so many people around them because they needed an entourage. And I'm not saying that's Nick. It's again, it's no judgment of him, but I it's like, it might be a little entourage yeah, it means how many mouths do you need to feed? He has two producers on camera, a sound person, and I think a new girl who's who's on the couch. So that's four plus a guest in him. We're talking six microphones. That's just, I mean, that would stress me out at night. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I would lose sleep over that. I mean, look like, at me. I'm sorry I interrupted you, but I'm working on that actively. But like, I don't know who these people are. I don't know their backstory. It's like when you listen to podcasts with Bachelor people, you've already seen their whole journey. I'm like, yeah. I don't know who these people are, who's talking at what time uh they did that horrible story about the the golden bachelor which i was like oh that was horrible like i can't believe they even aired that they could have edited it out but i i just i don't i unfollowed it like i said i still want to get him on the podcast i am going to keep calling him but i don't i think i'm too uh small for him right now to come on mine yeah so. i mean he i mean you know all right what about you dave why don't you ask him i think after this you should text him and see if he'll come on yours why not? I, I'll tell you what, I'll ask him next week because I'm about to travel. So I'd hate for him to say like, yeah, let's do it tomorrow. Um, and because you're in LA, he only does in person. He had asked me to come on his after I asked him to come on mine. But he's like, I only do in person in LA. And yeah. I was like, my husband's so being so supportive. It was the day after the Super Bowl, which was here. And he wanted me to record on Monday. I'm like, He's like, just, we'll get you a ticket. We'll fly you out there. And I'm like, I cannot fly right now after the Super Bowl to LA. This was before you had your podcast? No, mine was had already started. And he yeah. said he would come on mine. And then he ghosted me. And then he asked me to come on his. Yeah. Like last minute. I and get, 
while he, I get why he doesn't want to do a zoom. I think the last one he probably did, I mean, maybe he doesn't once in a while, but I think with, he had reality Steve on and it didn't go well. It was, well, that's what I was going to say. Maybe he knows some friends with reality, Steve, and maybe that's also why I'm not going to hammer into him, but I definitely would like to ask him about that. That was a cringy podcast. Yeah. I think, I think it just comes down. I always, I, I think it just comes down to audience size. You know, mm-hmm. keep building your thing up, and then you'll be undeniable. And that's the, the, the that's just the way the the you know Hollywood works in a nutshell. Is that people like 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 when Caitlin Bristow had me on, while it while it was like a nice for her to have me on. I mean, like her t- team must know my YouTube audience is super loyal. And if you're trying to build your YouTube, like my audience, we got more views than plenty of people with million you know TikTok followers or whatever because. It's not just, it's like, if you're going to, if you're going to try to grow your YouTube, you need to have people on that are searchable on YouTube. Like there's, there's a game to it all. So I totally get it. Um, But with Nick, like I I get why he doesn't, why he would only want to do in person, but I understand that it's, it's, it's difficult. I mean, I don't think it's anything. I, I, I would doubt it's anything personal. I think it's just like. You know, like with, with Jason Tartik, it's like, oh, I, I want to do his podcast. But then he has Macklemore on. It's like, I get it. If he's he getting did? Macklemore. Yeah, like that's a big get. Like that's I, a, wow. And and I love these conversations because they're so, I think so often the conversation, what were you thinking at the fantasy suite? It can get mm-hmm. old real fast. Oh, I actually yeah. love the business side of these conversations. Me too. Because there is a whole behind the scenes thing working where who's doing whose show and this, I think they're also paying people as well. Like when I've done some of the other people's, they pay me two fifty, which isn't a lot, but it's like, okay, a little skin in the game. I mean, I don't have the budget right now to pay people, but if it was a big get, but I got a a little spoiler for you, you know who I've been messaging with? Who's that? Raquel Levis. Wow. She's been listening to my podcast and I know I just had to tease it. Oh, uh, you would get some hate on that, but that would get you a ton of numbers. I, I know, I know, I know, I know. And we followed each other. She followed me and I followed her and we, we've been messaging and stuff, but I just I got old. sweaty thinking about it. <laughs> you know, Tom, Tom Sandoval was at my stand-up show a few weeks ago. It, <gasps> it's a wild. Did you go meet him? Um, He, he sat down at the table that I was recording my, my, like that I had my video set up at because he showed up late and it was the only table that didn't have seats on it. And so I went to go check on my camera to make sure it was recording right before my set. And there, and like, literally there he is. I I'll tell you what I asked him. I was like, he he doesn't know who I am and, and you know, whatever. Um, but I was was at your show. You never know. Yeah, but he was there to see Billy Lee, who's on the see, who's on Vanderpump this year, and she she was um on my on the show. So, but he was um I I got I went up to him right after. I was like, dude, how'd you do on Special Forces? Oh, and and he really? was kind of like taken aback because I think that's a very unique question to ask. That's not so loaded. Like, did you cheat? You know, all these other questions. Yeah. Well, obviously he cheated. Uh, but he um he told me he did very well. Oh, there's that for your audience. He told me he did very well. My guess is him and Nick are the winners. That's my guess. Was Tyler Cameron there? Come on. Yeah. Tyler, I thought would have done well because he was a D1 athlete and he played football and football, you know, people might not want to hear this, but they put you through special forces like training for football. Right. That's what Uh, I'm saying. Yeah. So he's definitely, but he's also like pretty wealthy and you know, any of these retired athletes, you see like, man, they don't need it. 
You know, someone like right. Tom Sandoval needs it because Desperado character's bit. been demolished through his own doing. And then someone like Nick is is also kind of a overachiever. I feel like he's got that he's got that DNA of like, you know, he's a hustler. And and I he would tell you that. I mean, he campaigned to be on the show and he he's been like this, like a roach that just hasn't gone away. I was just gonna say though, I don't think he could kill a roach. I don't know if he's got he does I don't look at him and think like athlete. No, but I think a lot of it's not quitting. I think that's a lot of it. That's true. Maybe that's the moral for, it's, for anyone. It's called listening. Do- dogged persistence. And man, yeah. does he have it. Yeah. And they always say like, you know, you're only you're and, and again, he all the right green lights open for him when he got on the show was when the, the like I said before, the tidal wave of Instagram and all of that. But he's he's pretty good at what he does. It's a different style than what I do, but he generates news. He says things that gets attention and you can't knock that. You know, I, I mean, I've heard that he also is in bed with a lot of the news things and he gets stories clipped or he can call and get things. I mean, I think that. Oh, yeah, that's for deeper, sure. True. Oh, you know that. Okay. I, I mean, I've heard that through multiple sources. Like, I think that there's more behind, obviously he's got those successful podcasts and I approached him like, Hey, let's talk about your book. We're both authors. Like let's promote it. And I think that's how he said yes. And then now it's just, I think that's washed out to see. I don't know if he did well with it or not, but I'll keep asking him. I don't have any beef with the guy. I just, I would just love to get him on. The only thing I went hard on him for was his dismissal of the UCAN Foundation, which which was the foundation for mental health for reality TV stars. And mm-hmm. he, he had a real triggering moment. And even Dr. Yes. Dan Turkowski, who went on his podcast, called him out. And I think it was a very humbling moment where, where enough people were like, dude, you've got to figure out why this upset you so much. And Nick Thompson, you know, being a guy from a competing reality show, it could have triggered some like weird high school drama. Like Nick Viles, uh, the captain of the football team, Nick Thompson's the captain of the soccer team. They're fighting over the, and it's like, it, it could have done that. But Nick's whole take was that, well, the guys are just upset. They didn't get fame from it. And it's like, well, that's a very, um, I, I don't know. Uh, it's almost plain, like plain this, like, um, like popular kid in high school thing. Like, you know, like I'm this high up bachelor elite. Like, he, I feel like he does kind of talk down on people. Like, I mean, he said, "What about with the she's all batch covered it?" The uh, that's what we're talking about, right? Like the lower end. What did he say? These like washed up yeah. people or something? Yeah, he called Morgan he probably- pop talks that pop girl or whatever. Yeah, it's um. I'm sure he thinks I'm washed up. What sure. Else? Yeah. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure he, there, there is a scorecard that some people keep. I do it too. I mean, last year I did a competition to see who I like, I, I beat Nick and YouTube subscribers and I had a friendly competition just to encourage my people to subscribe. Since then he's blown me out of the water. He's gotten, he's complete. He's like completely blown up on YouTube. And, um, you know, part of that is merit and also having a team, you know, whatever, no, no Jade. I I was using it for my own benefit to have like these, like this pseudo race between content creators. That's brilliant. It's fun. And it engages people. People love that. Well, yeah. When my channel took off, he reached out to me. It's no secret on my end. He, he reached, I got a text, I got a DM that said like, Hey, call me. And I was like, golly, like, did I, you know, whatever, you know, I just, (laughs) what did I say out of the blue? And you know, my channel, like I said, went from nothing, you know, even though I had done it for a while, it started to get promoted online. So my content was getting more views. Like the things I was covering was getting more views than the initial footage, which still is the case. But, you know, I, he just told me he thought I was very fair with my coverage. And, you know, uh, at the time when reality, Steve we had people coming after him, I, 
I, you know, do, do this thing where I like write people's apologies and reality. Steve did a very good job in owning up to his mistakes, pledging to do better. And I was one of the only people that was like, isn't this what we want folks? Yeah. When I did that reality, like people sent it to reality, Steve, and it wasn't to kiss his ass. It was just to say, you know, when, when, when uh, Tasha and I were leaving, hanging out with all of you guys in Newport beach, I said to her and, you know, she's gotten to meet reality Steve a few times. I go, I go, isn't it funny to think that this, it, it would have been nuclear to have a nuclear, to have a conversation with reality, Steve. Um, I think Witten Rye was the first people to, to interview him when no one else wanted to touch him. And all we can ask for in progress is to hear people out, um, own up to their mistakes and pledge to do better. And be, he's been, he's been a plus with his journalism and all these other things. So just covering that. So incentive to him was like, Hey, this guy's being fair. And I think that's what people want. They just want fairness. Yes. I don't have to like slam people for my channel to do well. Now you could, you could come at me and say some of my videos have clickbaity titles and stuff. It's like, I know I got to buy my wife's shoes. Like every, you know what I mean? Like I get it. Hey, you, you got to buy it. By the way, you got her a Tiffany's engagement ring. She got me is, a Tiffany's. Oh, really? I saw the blue box in your wedding photos. Her ring is stunning. It's her ring like mine. Was um her engagement ring we found on a Instagram jeweler's uh, uh, like, uh, it, you know, they posted about it. They find unique jewelry from like auctions and then they uh -huh. repurpose it. So it was a ring from the late 1800s and they reset it and repolished it and everything. Gorgeous. But, and she went with the gold. Her and I both went with gold. Yeah. Yeah. And she so, got you a Tiffany ring. Wow. So she's well, doing I made good her. I was too. like, I was like, you know, they had like unlimited resizing or whatever, but I was like, you know, it's the one thing I get. It's still only a percentage of what hers would have cost, but it's so good. Your guys' love is so cute. I love spending time with you. Like I said, she's a doll teller. I said hi. For I will sure. do. Yeah, she I loves you as well. And maybe we can all like do brunch or something when we're. Oh, we would love done. that. We can get a sitter. Um, And I have to ask you about the Instagram hacking heard around the world. Josh Sider, you've covered it. Steve won't cover it. Uh, Gun to your head. Do you think he faked his own death? Yes. Um, Me too. Yeah. Uh, it think seems about it. Take a second. <laughs> enough people that are in his community have said he's pulled pranks like this before. Mm. It really comes down to motive. Um, there's no motive for a stranger to hack his account. He didn't report it on Instagram. Like he didn't. Uh, By the way, who doesn't know their passcode? I listened to the Ashley and Jared, which I think you're going to go do Jared uh, interview with Jared, who's I've There's asked him, I DM'd him, but I don't know if he got my DM because we're not like friends. So I definitely oh. want to, I, yeah, I want to. I can message him. You would have a blast. You will love him. I, out of all the people I've met in Bachelor Nation, I will say he's probably the most down to earth. Oh yeah. No, I, and as a fellow Rhode Islander, I'm sure we would hit it out, hit it oh, out yeah. of the park. He, oh, absolutely. coffee shop used to be the coffee shop we'd go to when I was in college. Cause it's right on my, right off my campus. Oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, I'll send Ashley a message. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So Jared, their interview with him was great. Same with TMZ, you know, TMZ, Harvey, whatever his name is, the, the, the founder of TMZ, he was a lawyer and he's like, look, we have to ask you, why didn't you answer our phone calls when we right. were trying to like, why didn't, why was your phone off? Why? And, and everything kind of in, you know, in one interview, Josh says, well, my team's looking into it. And the next interview he's like, I don't even have, I don't a, have a team. And it's like, you don't need a team. You got a Twitter. He's like, I don't know how social, you know, analytics. I'm like, well, you have 500,000 followers. Like you've done something. Like, and that's the other thing. I think if you have that many followers, you're pretty passionate about your social media. I think, you know, your password. 
And apparently he's in every single person's DMs, like, you know, on these other dating shows, which look, we're not complaining about someone being a clout chaser. We're complaining about someone who faked their own death for publicity. It probably happened. I was sad when I saw the news. I followed him and then he was alive and I unfollowed him because I instantly thought this seems shady. Yeah, 20 hours. Like I said, the only way he could have gotten away with this is if he got hacked while he was on a round-the-world flight and didn't have... Or he was hiking Mount Kilimanjaro and didn't have... He was literally on his phone trying to fix it. If you're... If you if you have accessed... Like, if someone stole his phone when he was in another country and he couldn't <laughs> access... Like, th- there's all these scenarios. It could have plausibly been like, oh, I couldn't understand... Any any of these scenarios, he could have. I mean, like TMZ was trying to reach him. Other people right. were trying to reach him. He well, let and it, the fact that he's doing podcast interviews with Ashley and Jared already, like it leads me to believe that he he wants to be getting more attention and extra and TMZ and oh all of them. Oh yeah, everyone's he did been TMZ. so gentle, and I get it. I get why. That's why I wanted to ask you because I knew you'd be real real talk o'clock because everybody's like, dancing around it because yes, you know, mental health is a big thing, of course, but. This is happening a lot. This other TikToker just did, the, you know, something similar just happened. And then it this happened, happened to Lil Tay, who is 14. And I I also reported on that. TMZ reported on that. That scenario might have had a family member do the hacking as some sort of custody. There was actually a motive for that one. This one, it's like, no, man. And no one in my coverage of it, not one person has said, Dave, you should not be, you know, not one person people. So I understand why reality Steve doesn't want to touch it, but it's like, no, there's enough smoke here to question it. And there was enough poor choices made that even if he was hacked, he handled it so poorly that I think it's a fair thing for anybody to question. I would assume so. Exactly. Well, I appreciate your candor because I just was like, wow, I unfollowed him. And hopefully there's not any more of that going on moving forward. But anyway, on a positive note, where can people find you, Dave? And I loved our conversation. I can't wait to have you back. Maybe we'll dish on paradise or something. Yeah, please. Whenever someone cancels on you, just call me up. I always tell people like Steve, I go, I am always available to talk. I love to talk. I love talking to Steve and I love the friendship we've all formed. That was a really special day at the beach and it was kind of short-lived. My kids were melting down, but... It was great. I, that and also Vegas. Oh my gosh, uh, we had so much fun. The chicken tenders. <laughs> Steve has <laughs> let's go back next year. I'm planning on going oh, back. Oh, for sure. I was shocked at how loyal his audience is. And it just goes to show everybody that everybody was so lovely. Just nothing but nothing but good vibes. Uh, so good people vibes. follow me on YouTube. Just search my name, Dave Neal. And um, all of my driving with Dave episodes are on the Dave Neal show, my separate YouTube channel. They're also all available on Bachelor Rush Hour, my afternoon podcast. I release it at noon West Coast every single day, uh, weekdays. So there's always content. I basically try to summarize all that's going on in Bachelor and other entertainment news. And I just give people like 25. The average commute is like 25 minutes. So I make a 25 minute episode every afternoon and it's super last minute. Like I record it right as I'm posting it. So I get all those like late breaking stories. Awesome. You guys go give him a follow on Instagram. He's got some amazing, funny content there as well. So thank you so much, Dave, and have an amazing trip to the Maldives. Thank you. I will. I'll talk to you later. All right. That's our show. Thanks for stopping by. And a huge thanks to Dave Neal. Loved having him on. He is brilliant. And like I said, firing on all cylinders. Can't wait to see him at his comedy show here in Phoenix. Love his wife, Tasha. Love everything that he's doing right now. He is the epitome of hard work. So that's inspiring. 
Anyway, until next time, I'm your host, Courtney Robertson, and this has been After Reality. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.